Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, you're loving them too. There's such a on W4CY Radio. This is Pipe Man here on the Adventures Pipe Man W4CY radio, and we have a return guest that I dig a lot. First time we were talking about his music and a little bit about business. This time we're talking about his book and a lot about business because this guy is incredible and he is going to teach you how to be the lethal entrepreneur. So, Daniel Cleland, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me again, Dean. It's great to hear your voice and catch up. Yeah, I love people just like me to have those two sides of me. Like I'm a published author and, and, and a speaker, but I'm also on the radio. And so I have my music side and I have my professional side. And I think they should coexist. Yeah, well, why not? Life is short. Exactly. So let's talk about your new book, 12 Laws of the Jungle. And... Uh, that's literally the Amazon jungle <laughs> and you'll explain why that is. And, uh, you know, you're going to teach people how to become a lethal entrepreneur. I mean, what is a lethal entrepreneur anyway? Well, um, actually, you know, the, the jungle that the jungle, yes, we, we, we use like a lot of meta, like a lot of, you know, real world examples from the Amazon jungle, as, as we discussed last time, as you know, um, I, I spent several years living down there, um, in the middle of the Amazon jungle, literally, uh, running, uh, running a lodge and a healing an ayahuasca healing center. Um, but in the book, uh, in the book, we utilize that not only for real world examples, um, you, you know, kind of a lot of my, life philosophy is rooted in what I've learned from nature, but, um, nature is metal hashtag nature is metal. But, um, but also, uh, being a, uh, a warrior in the jungle of entrepreneurship, the metaphorical jungle, I've seen a lot of metaphorical parallels between, the uh, the Amazon jungle and the the business world, um, 
and we kind of take the approach that when you are an entrepreneur, the word the word entrepreneur stems from the from the French word entreprendre, and then you have to um, start something to be to be to be uh, or like the the Spanish word uh, emprender, the uh, it, which literally means to begin an undertaking. So. Um, when you're an entrepreneur and you're beginning an un- undertaking, you're beginning a a business. I liken that in the book to like uh, a jungle expedition in a certain way. Like you, you know, you have an objective. You uh, at some point across a a jungle that's full of uh, obstacles and risk and things that want to kill you. Um, you know, you have to assemble a tribe of people uh, to to go with you across the jungle. A tribe of masters. You have to ration your resources. You have to plan for snake bites and all kinds of things like that. So there's just kind of this this lens on on on, on entrepreneurship, which I found to be helpful um in my own uh, endeavors but then also of course the lethal entrepreneur then to answer your second question is the entrepreneur that just gets the kills that he or she needs uh, in order to reach that destination and keep keep the tribe alive and healthy and and motivated um and protect oneself from predators and other risks that arise while reaching your destination. I love it. And so for those that didn't hear us talk last time, tell people what led you because, you know, you have a band, but you're also an entrepreneur. So tell me what led to where you are today and why you're writing this book and what what has been going on for you? Well, um, I, uh, I, I, I suppose, you know, my my interest in heavy metal predates all business of all kinds, except for perhaps <laughs> uh, selling magic mushrooms when I was in high school. But um Come on, didn't you have but, a paper route before you got into metal? Actually, I was, oh, okay, I was into sure. metal. Be- yeah. Actually, yeah, I think about right. it. I was into metal before the paper route because I listened to Black Sabbath before I had a paper route. <laughs> no, you're right. You're, I, I did cut a little bit of grass and, you know, chuck a couple of papers around before I got into metal. But, um, <laughs> but, the, but you know, I was, I was into metal long before I... I got into business, but, um, yeah, the, I mean, the business was, was something I, I made a, a conscious decision to, to learn about and, and to kind of enter the world of simply because, uh, I, I spent about the first 10 years of career hunting pretty much all of my twenties hopping from job to job, um, not making any real money anytime I wanted a real vacation, I would have to quit the job because you're only allowed a week or two of vacation every year in North America. 
so I, I didn't uh, have a job for any longer than a year for most of my 20s, all of my 20s. And, uh, you know, I was kind of reaching this, this, this point of like, what the hell am I doing with my life? And um, as I got to the age of 30 years old, I, I, uh, I, I started to feel the world being a lot more judgmental toward me, um, more so judging me based on what I had done um, or what I was doing, not based on what you might do in the future, you know, because when you're when you're like when you're in your 20s, you can kind of talk a bunch of shit. You can talk a big game. You can say, oh, I'm you know, I'm going to do this program. I'm going to do that program. I want to get this job. I want to do this project. I want to do that thing. You can kind of get away with, you know, a few setbacks. But when you get up into your 30s, uh, you know, especially when it comes to women and um, and potential employers, they say, well, what have you done? What are you doing? What is your current value? What are you going to do for me? And I just had nothing going on for myself, became super depressed and ended up that ended up manifesting in a, in a catastrophic uh, physical accident. I tried climbing a, a cliff when I was a bottle deep into Jack Daniels and fell off the cliff 20 meters, AKA 60 feet, shattered my femur and my pelvis and spent 40 days in the hospital. Um, and then that's what, that's what got me into the ayahuasca medicine, which we discussed a little bit the last time. Um, and that was, that was the first foray into the, into the service that I would eventually provide in my business. So my business is, is, uh, in the world of ayahuasca. Uh, we have currently three different facilities, three different locations operating between two different countries, two of them in Costa Rica, one of them in Peru. The business is called Soltara Healing Center. And it all began in that hospital bed uh, about 12 or 13 years ago when I made the decision to take ayahuasca to help heal my own wounds. And, um, and because it worked so well for me, I started uh, learning about entrepreneurship and getting into it. And throughout that whole process, that long journey, I've learned all the different lessons that I taught uh, in this book, 12 Laws of the Jungle. Um, and uh, especially coming through the pandemic recently, I really applied these 12 laws uh, to, to, you know, once we woke up one day and all the borders were closed and we had zero revenue for the next six to seven months, um, had to figure out how to keep the company alive and, and actually come out stronger on the other side. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a 10,000 foot viewpoint of uh, how I got to where I am now. But there's, of course, lots of twists and turns in there along the way. Well, that last part there is, the, the, to me, the number one reason why somebody should read your book because anybody that could still have three healing centers after the past few years of what we've had has got to have the formula for success on entrepreneurship because 
in your business, especially being in the countries you're in, you know, that that's almost even though I don't like the word impossible feat. So you overcame the impossible with your entrepreneurship and and the things that you teach, in my opinion. Yeah, well, um, I think you touch on a good point there because, you know, this time it was a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, of an unprecedented pandemic lockdown. It was, you know, you we get into what my thoughts are about how it was handled by the very different, the very various different governments around the world, aka not very fucking good. Pardon my <laughs> French, but but um, but um, you know, it was a pandemic in 2020, 2021. But what's the next thing going to be? You know, there's definitely going to be something. Uh, what do you, you turn on the news? What are you looking at right now? Recession coming, gas prices high, war in Ukraine, uh, impending doom in the Taiwan Strait, but global war between China and the U.S., microchip shortages, Sri Lanka collapsing, protests in Iran, UK UK pound collapsing, Brexit issues, uh, Brazil elections. I mean, what else is there? Abe just gets shot in Japan. Like, like, what's the next thing going to be? And it's going to be something, and it's going to be, you know, it's just going to keep getting worse. Housing market's crashing right now in the U.S. Like, um, the 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 age that we're living in right now is like no other time in history, and you know. The, the, the days of like just happily, you know, starting up a little mom and pop operation and, you know, just being humble, good people and, you know, hoping your neighborhood patrons keep you alive and your government's going to have your back and nobody's going to break in and steal all your shit. You know, like it's like those days are are gone. We need our entrepreneurs to be a little more lethal these days. We need. We need people to be comfortable with a little more violence in real and in metaphorical terms. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so that's really kind of the, the, the tone I took in this book was to really uh, wake people up. In fact, law one, the first law in the book is uh, the jungle doesn't care. And the subtitle is the jungle doesn't care if you live or die and neither does the market. And so that's, you know, that's pretty much the first kind of message in the book, which is about life or death. Yeah. And that's really what it is, because when you wake up in the morning and you've got payroll coming and you've got rent payments and mortgage payments and vendor payments and you're waiting for the government to open the borders so that, you know, you can receive all the customers that want to come and patronize your business. But the government's acting a fool. Um, you know, it's just, it teaches you a lot about life and death. And like I said, you know, it was that this time, but what's the next one? And it's better to be ready than not. Well, that's the whole key right there is, okay, so we did experience that one, but I think it's crucial for people to pay attention to you and to read your book and connect with you so that they can be prepared for the next one because there will be a next one. Absolutely. There's, there all, there's always the next one. Yeah. I, I, I learned this lesson in, um, 
in uh, 2016 at a at a Tony Robbins uh, business mastery course. It's like a week long seminar or something like that. On the first day, maybe even just like the first thing he talked about when he when when we got like the first get a big wide you know LED banner at the top of the stage and uh and it it we we came in and we sat down and it said winter is coming and you know it wasn't it wasn't to scare people but it was to just be very clear about the nature of economic seasons so you've got you've got you know four seasons winter spring summer and autumn um and the the general kind of trends of of the economy and of society follow certain they just they just follow the same kind of trajectory it's not always linear but sometimes it's winter sometimes it's summer sometimes it's spring sometimes it's autumn but the fact is winter's always coming summer's always coming spring is always coming fall is always coming but um, the one that can kill you, the one where it holds you accountable to your decisions, the one where it tests your cash flow reserves, it tests your employees' loyalty, um, it, t- it tests your customers' loyalty, it, it tests your, your strategic planning and decision-making capabilities, that's winter. And if you're not ready for winter, that's the one that can take you out. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, you made me laugh there because I instantly remembered because I've gone to a million Tony Robbins seminars and I've shared the stage with him. But I just remember being in New Jersey and doing the fire walk for the first time and it was freezing outside. It it hurt my feet more being on the cold asphalt than being on <laughs> hot coals. Really? Yeah. It sounds crazy to me. I, well, because I wasn't. I didn't put my mindset into the cold asphalt. My mindset was on the on the hot coals. So when I walked the hot coals, I didn't feel that at all. Although it was pretty funny because my ex-wife, she did burn her foot. But that's because she wasn't focused. Because she wasn't doing, following the instructions. And, and I think that's important. When, when a leader like yourself gives a formula for success, it's like anything else. You could bake a cake if you leave one little piece of the recipe out it's not going to be right you know so i think it's very important that people take these things that you're teaching them and not just bits and pieces but know that that formula works and yes it can be adjusted a little bit but the main parts of the formula are what lead to the success yeah absolutely you know we broke it down into 12 very comprehensive, easy to understand laws or principles of entrepreneurship with clear real world examples. Um, but, but the, 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 the final chapter was really about how to hardwire all of them. So you're, um, so you're kind of operating with prowess, um, not necessarily just knowing one or another or not just using one or another, but having the whole mindset entrenched in your psyche so that 
um, at any given time, depending on the circumstances, um, you, you can you can pull up the you can pull up the the necessary law. Like I've just been talking a lot about, you know, kind of a, de- a defensive position, right? Like preparatory and defensive position position, digging your trenches, fortifying your front lines, all that kind of stuff. But then there's also times when it it's time to go get some, you know, when when the conditions are favorable. Um, you know, another law is like law 10, the time to kill is now, which is all about urgency and, and relentlessness in your execution. So, you know, what, or, or law nine, which is sharpen your spear, which is, is always be ready for the one shot, one kill business opportunity by, by training, by putting in the reps, by keeping yourself in prime fighter condition so that when those opportunities come and that front line of your enemy opens up a little bit, you can charge in there and just blast away and, 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 you know, do like uh, what the Ukrainians did in uh, Northeastern Ukraine, just take like 7,000 square kilometers in a few days because they've had an opening, you know? Um, so there's, there's, there are times to be aggressive and offensive. And then there are times to be uh, preparatory and defensive so, um, you know, by, by really kind of mastering, uh, mastering the 12 laws in the book and, and uh, then just operating with each one of them at your disposal, uh, you can kind of develop your own form, formula based on the circumstances, but those are kind of like the tools that, that, uh, that you can use to just to really advance your position. And I also find it interesting or apropos to timing, but there's uh, somebody that's been in the news a lot the past few days and uh, even today talking about bringing back Vine and you have included some of his strategies. Uh, And of course, we're talking about Elon Musk. So tell us why you did choose to include his strategies. Well, um, I think Elon Musk is an absolutely brilliant entrepreneur. I've, I've been following him long before he was, you know, a cultural, uh, a cultural agitator in American culture, you know, and that's really the, it's hilarious because this guy was like a Silicon Valley tech hero for a decade or two decades. And then as soon as he talks about like, uh, as, as soon as he stops towing the towing the propaganda line for the you know the far left, then uh, every they just start hating him, right? And 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 now him taking control of Twitter, and he's talking about free speech. Um, the, you know, now he becomes the devil, even though he's basically created the electric car industry out of a complete moratorium on electric vehicles um with his own money no less you know he put himself at huge risk he 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 put years and years and years of intense effort into salvaging the wreckage of the electric car industries pulling it from the ashes of history to reinvigorate it and make electric car make he in a decade, he converted electric cars from basically dead to like now every single major automaker is making them. And why? Because of his strategy. Because 
everyone else who had tried to make electric cars in the past tried to make the electric cars that would satisfy environmentalists. Cheap, affordable, family-oriented cars that were small and economical and not attractive and were just there so that we could solve global warming by not polluting the environment with, with carbon dioxide gas from gasoline cars. But he knew that, um, and this will answer your question, but why I chose him, he knew that, uh, that, uh, the public perception was widely unfavorable to electric cars because they didn't have the performance and they didn't have the range and they weren't cool. So what did he do? He invented his first step. Like, like his end goal was always the same as every, as the same end goal as all the other pe people and inventors and companies who had tried it was like this mass market, affordable family sedan that could basically replace fossil fuels in the transportation industry. Remember his mission for Tesla accelerate the transition to renewable energy you think that would be music to the left's ears and it was until he also started talking about free speech but um but uh anyway so he so he uh <clears throat> that was his goal but instead of trying to just make that to start with that uh that that low-cost mass-produced family uh, sedan, environmentally conscious sedan that was going to replace the lower end vehicles of the world, he started off with a ridiculously high performing, super fast, ego stroking, high performance Tesla Roadster that, that shattered performance expectations for electric vehicles that became noteworthy. He made the electric vehicle cool again. And after he shattered performance records with that Roadster, he and by the way, also proving how you could utilize lithium-ion batteries in, in, the, in the format that he did, just like basically stacking them and, um, and uh, you know, coating the bottom of the, of the undercarriage with these things. Um, he made the, the Model S and the Model S, a luxury sedan, high performing, beautiful, delight to drive, high technology. Nobody had ever done that before. The electric car became something completely different than it had ever been done in history. And because of that, it was only for rich people, though. You know, these cars are north of 100K, right, when they first came out. And so it was only for rich people. Um, but what it did was it changed the sea of public opinion. Then it became a luxury good. Only the cool people got it. Only the rich and successful people got it. But it was still that environmentally conscious kind of object of desire that, that everybody wanted. And then Elon became a bloody hero. He had books written about him. He had news written about him. He was A-list on the Hollywood celebs list. He was featured in movies. Tony, Tony, uh, what was it? Tony Stark in... As Tony Stark was it? I don't know. Whatever Iron the guy's Man? name is, in Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah, like the guy literally had Marvel movies made about him, um, and that's because he made electric vehicles cool again. 
And now what did he do? He came out with, with eventually got cheaper and cheaper. He made the model X SUV. He made the model Y compact SUV crossover. He made the model three, which was his end goal, which is the cheap affordable. You know, he got the range figured out. It's a $30,000 electric vehicle that drives beautifully high tech, perfect for families. One of the safest cars on the road. Um, and he even got as far as to, um, you know, develop a pickup truck to replace the gas guzzling, you know, Ford F three fifty, And not only that, he, he designed a million mile electric transport truck that is self-driving and can go 24 hours a day on electric charge and last a million miles to take a million miles of diesel transport truck off the road. So who is the hero here? That guy is the hero. And um, that's why I chose his, uh, that's why I chose his example because I, I, I see that strategy as a brilliant strategy. Yeah. And you know what? The fact of the matter is, this is what I found out throughout my years is there's so many people that always like to target the successful in a negative way. And my viewpoint is instead of doing that, Maybe you should watch and learn, and I think it would be better to be able to acquire what they have instead of complaining about what you don't have. Well, yeah, but that's a symptom of the culture these days, Dean. Um, if, if, you, if you only complain about successful people, it's a symptom of entitlement and of thinking that uh, that people deserve deserve to receive equality just because they're people, which is clearly not the case, and, and clearly something that has been proven wrong time and and, and again through history. Um, the problem with the argument of like, well, yeah, you should learn and you should try and you should try to build something so that you're successful yourself is that that requires being held accountable, um, and that's very frightening for for many people and it's it's very frightening it should be frightening because being held accountable is miserable yeah and this is why this is why it's stressful to run businesses because when you're an entrepreneur you are accountable if you uh you if you get caught with your pants down you get held accountable if you get caught in a pandemic situation and you don't have enough cash flow to sustain yourself you get held accountable if you treat your employees like shit you get held accountable and they leave and you wind up not being able to service your customers. You treat your customers like shit, you get held accountable. Um, and the problem is that, you know, most people don't want to be held accountable. It's much easier to just sit there and complain and whine and say, Oh, well, this guy's got so much more than me. I should have some of that. Or like, or then there's like the whole virtue signaling thing where it's like, pretending to have compassion for people so you can try to knock down other people who are successful. Um, I believe Jordan Peterson calls that narcissistic, narcissistic, compassionate people, um, or compassionate narcissists. I think he calls them, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think more people should stop being such uh, wimps and get out there and start some stuff and, and learn how to become more fierce and competitive in the jungle of society and of entrepreneurship. And that's, you know, a real motivator for why I wrote this book. 
and a real motivator actually for why I got uh, Patrick Bet David, the founder of Valuetainment, to write me a forward for this book because he believes the same thing. He dedicates all of his time trying to wake people up, trying to help people become uh, more competitive and better and more successful and, and to uh, abandon the victimhood mentality. So victimhood mentality is, it's, it's a, it's a mental contagion and it's so easy to fall into because um, the people who adopt victimhood mentality make it feel like, make it feel like you deserve to be a victim. Like you should adopt victimhood mentality, but don't you know how poorly you've been treated? Don't you know that you should have this? Don't you know that you should have that? Don't you know that that person took advantage of you? Don't you know that, um, you know, whatever, like they, they make you feel welcome. Like don't feel bad about being a victim. Those are the people you need to get out of your life immediately and start listening to people like Patrick Bet David and reading books like 12 laws of the jungle. Absolutely. And let, let's tell everybody how they can connect with you and get your book and read that book. And, and, you know, also, like I said, connect so that you can guide them and coach them along the way so that they can achieve the goals that they want. Yeah, well, um, all of like pretty much everything I have is, is kind of on Instagram in one hub. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Daniel C. Cleland. Uh, Cleland spelled C-L-E-L-A-N-D, uh, which is probably going to be in the show notes. Um, but then uh, also I have a website, danielcleland.com. So everything's there as well. The book's on Amazon, 12 Laws of the Jungle, How to Become a Lethal Entrepreneur. Um, and, uh, of course, our band, uh, Savage Existence, literally takes pages right out of the book <laughs> to put and puts <laughs> heavy metal to it so you know we we use a lot of the same kind of themes in the music as as i do in the book and um so there's also savage existence on uh, instagram at savage existence official and on the web at savageexistence.com. and then if you get a little overwhelmed with all the aggression and violence and ass kicking uh, and you need some healing You've got uh, my business, Soltara Healing Center, um, which is www.soltara.co or on Instagram at Soltara Healing Center. And that, of course, is an ayahuasca retreat. And we work exclusively with uh, indigenous Peruvian healers, which uh, we've known for years. And uh, we, you know, we bring them up from, from the Peruvian Amazon jungle and, and all of our ceremonial facilitators who work with us have trained for several years um, working in the jungle doing dietas with the healers so we have a very highly rated and highly respected organization so once you get tired of being stressed out kicking ass in the world you can go and settle in for a nice calming uh, and healing uh, retreat at Soltara and life will be fantastic. 
I love it. I love all that you do and all that you stand for. You're like kindred spirit because of the entrepreneurship and the metal at the same time. And I think they do go hand in hand. And I think everybody should check you out. They should definitely read your book and, uh, you know, just do it all. The music, the book and the ayahuasca. (laughs) It'll change your life. I promise you that. There you go. Well, thanks a lot for all you do, and thanks for being on the Adventures of Pipe Man. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.